on this snowy weekend or so, depending where you live. Or there's not. A, <laughs> there's a tsunami headed for California. Oh my gosh. And then there's yeah. tropical, I'm sorry, I keep saying tropical storm, but it's not tropical storm. It's a winter storm. Winter storm Izzy is hitting the East Coast. So I need to stop saying tropical storm and I need to keep saying winter storm. Yeah, because it's not tropical up here. And it's trust not me. in the tropical at all. No. We'll talk to our guest, Steph Raven, about her experiences at Sundance. Around minute 41, we'll talk about Scream. Around minute 59, we'll talk Bell. Around one hour and three minutes, I'll mention a Ricky Gervais's Afterlife. Around one hour and five minutes, Steph gives her picks. Around one hour and seven minutes, we'll talk about the Hotel Transylvania franchise. And then around one hour and 10 minutes, we'll wrap it up. And I'll talk about Peacemaker. No, my cousin in New Hampshire sent me a screenshot of his weather, minus two. Feels like minus 23. We that is our guest, last Stephanie week. Raven. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Speaking Hi. of winter weather, way up in the far north. In, in the Great White North, as we call it. Yes. In the Minnesota. Minnesota. We, Minnesota. Hi, Steffi Raven. How are you? Good. We had that storm. Well, we had some snow yesterday. We got a couple inches yesterday, but today it's a balmy 12 and it's bright and sunshiny out. So it kind of feels like it kind of feels like I'm at Sundance. So it's kind of funny. Yes. But when I was at Sundance, I noticed how dry it was it wasn't it's extremely dry it's a different kind of snow it's it really a manageable is. snow I enjoyed it that was always the biggest thing that I told people that were not from that area um one thing you really really need to do is you need to stay hydrated and people are under the misconception that well, you're around snow so you don't have to hydrate and it's even more important we'd have we would have at least one person every season that we had to carry out of the theater and get first aid for and i think tracy oh my god what's his last name the guy that was on tracy Rock, yeah he no he actually tra passed. tracy morgan yep yep he actually um he ended up having a high altitude sickness and had to be taken out via ambulance. And we have that every year that has happened every year that I was at Sundance. Well, that's it, the reason we're talking to you today. Carl Middleman, how was your snow? Because we live in the same neighborhood. It was barely here. Non-existent. <laughs> it, it was, it was a dusting as I like to say. And uh, it sure didn't call for the hour we stood in line in the schnooks panic aisle last night, or you Speak were at the Target panic aisle. I, I right? went to Target and we abandoned our, as soon as we walked in and saw that the line was going to be an hour, we said, we can wait because we already had our stuff to make French toast, milk, eggs. Yeah, exactly. Bread. I was going to say, yeah, did you get your fr it's French toast weather? No. I've never understood why people in St. Louis get like the worst thing I ever experienced in the 10 years I lived there is. You guys get really bad ice storms. Yes. You don't get so much get, snow, no, but you get no. ice really bad. We get that wintry mix, which drives mm -hmm. me crazy. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to the soft, powdery snow that you know how to deal with because you're Minnesotans. We actually don't get soft, powdery snow. We get a wet, kind of a hard. wet snow. Yeah. And we call it heart attack snow. Because you can only shovel so much of it where you will literally, you're exerting so much energy, you, you can have a heart attack. So um, our snow gets wet and heavy. I wish it was light and fluffy, 
but it is not light and fluffy. No, 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 no. But no. we're hardy folk up here. I mean, we, we, we build them right up here. So we all are used to this crap. <laughs> I actually don't mind going out. I know it's going to sound so weird. I actually don't mind going out and shoveling as long as I'm not doing like, you know, a 60 mile, you know, driveway. Um, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's a good way to get out and get a little bit of exercise. I know people are like, what? But yeah, I actually enjoy it. I don't, I don't mind it so much. My husband, on the other hand, he um, works for our condo association. So he has to go do all the sidewalks and, and the whole like humongous property. He and another, his coworker, that's their responsibility is to shovel people's sidewalks. But he just puts his earbuds in, listens to some podcasts and just goes. So, I mean, we're weird well, up here. He could listen to our podcast. Today. We can, you can hear him. We can, he can hear us talk about him. <laughs> He's actually right behind me listening to me talk about oh, him. Right. Well, we are we are on we are on Apple. We are on SoundCloud. Ron Stevens has us on his on stl.com page. And we have a Facebook page where we put the link to nice. stl.com. But we're here to talk movies because there is a reason to go out this weekend. But Steph. The reason we have her come talk about Sundance is because how long did you work at the Sundance Film Festival? So I worked the Sundance Film Festival five years, um, five years. Well, yeah, five years, because I always count that first year, even though I only worked there half the time. But that's how I got introduced to it. I used to actually live in Wyoming and knew about the film festival and had attended it. And then um, when I moved to St. Louis, I, I was like, oh, you know, I really actually miss it. And I volunteered and worked it. And then I met one of my good friends accidentally. I met him in St. Louis and found out that we both did the film festival. That's Tony Cabral. Um, oh, yeah. So I he just up, got engaged. I know. I know. I'm so I'm I think it's awesome, but I think it's funny at the same time. So it's like, really, Tony, you're finally, I know he's been with this girlfriend for a while now, but I used to like to tease him. Are you ever going to meet somebody that, you know, you're going to settle down with? But no, he always ran the midnight screening uh, at the Egyptian theater. And um, my husband and I were just talking this morning about how many theaters there are and how easy it is to get to all of them. And it is really one of the coolest things about Sundance is they have eight theaters within pretty much a 10 mile radius most of them five of them are within a you know like a mile radius you could literally walk to another theater but they have an inclusive shuttle system that you can just jump on the bus and go to wherever you want to go you know the bus has just made the circuit and there is a bus running like every five ten minutes so that was one of the coolest things I really liked about Sundance is that whole concept of, you know, hey, you've got this little city and it's just movies. And then there was, you know, other fun stuff. They had all kinds, they always had, there's always every day, apart from the screenings, you had discussions and panels and there's just so much always going on. You're like struggling to get to all the stuff that you wanted to, because there's so much, there's filmmaker panels. And then there was um, shorts discussions and, you know, meet, meet so-and-so. And it was really cool. And then they do, the one thing that the volunteers always loved is they'd always do all these cool things where they were giving free stuff away. So at hey. certain times of every day, you had to be somewhere to get something free, like a, a cup, like Stella Artois, the beer company, they had their own tent 
where you could go and you could have a beer at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, but you always went there, you know, to get, they always were giving away glasses, like this real cool oh, yeah. stellar twaga. So you ended up like, you know, you needed to make sure when you went, you had empty luggage because you knew you were going to be putting a bunch of stuff in it to come home with. And I, I know I gave away two of my jackets because um, I just didn't need them. And then I have, the other ones are in storage. Yeah, I don't really get a chance to wear them, but I know a lot of people go online and sell their stuff afterwards. And I'm like, why would you do that? Okay, I guess money, but it's kind of cool to be like, look, this is my jacket. Because I know, um, Lynn, you and your son's got jackets that year you volunteered. Yes. yes. So it's I, uh, that's the 2011. Yeah, that's, and I'm so excited that I did that. And thank you. Because it's uh, besides being uh, recommended by Steph, you have to go through a whole process, application process, and you have to get interviewed. They don't accept you without a phone interview. And uh, they just, they want to make sure, I don't know, Steph, you were off for a bit, but I was saying, besides being recommended by you for Tim, Charlie, and myself, we had to get vetted through an interview. So... They, they have like 3,000 applications for volunteers at that well, time. Well, the year my wife, the, the year my wife did it, we, uh, she was working for the St. Louis Film Commission, which sadly is no more. And then uh, she was there the year that uh, the full Monty was out. So it was 90s. She went in the end of the 90s and John Waters was hitchhiking. I think I told this story last time, but... John Waters was hitchhiking and my wife picked him up and she was ready to take him back to his hotel. And he said, oh, oh no, I need to get out here. I, I want to have somebody else hitch, give me a ride. I was, he only would allow people to go like a half a mile and then he would get out and hitchhike with someone else because, you know, he was John Waters and he wanted to do weird stuff like that because he was he was cataloging all of this stuff because I believe he wrote a hitchhiking book. Aha. Well. The thing about Sundance is it's people who really, really love movies. Yes. And so it's fun to be around that. But also, uh, if you think you're just going to meet stars and hang out with celebs, no, you are there to work and work you must. And you no. might meet somebody. They're they there for a reason, too. They're working as well. Right. So don't think you're having like these fun Hollywood celeb parties because that's not happening. And as Steph says, they want to see who is a legit person and work. Like we got asked back. Not everybody gets asked back. No. But with the kids college and my works that we couldn't we couldn't swing it. But only a select few get asked back because some people get there and they just want to party. Oh my gosh, we would have, we really would have a lot of like younger kids that, you know, number one, it's, it's hard to give up. You have to give up, you know, more than 10 days to go there because the festival lasts 10 days, but you are usually there a day or two before the fest starts. And then a day or two after the fest ends, because you were, well, I was, because I was a manager, but a lot of people, um, depending on their jobs and stuff, they'd get you there at least the day before. If you weren't working the whole 10 days, obviously, you know, you could leave. Um, but if they were putting you, if they were putting you up for it with housing, which, um, does not happen very often with first year people, um, 
Um, oh no, because I know Lynn and her sons did not get housing, and it can no, be we stayed it at can the Hampton be expensive. Inn. Oh yeah, and it's funny because this year there's been a lot of uproar with Sundance this year because number one they they just changed and said they weren't going to do in person 15 days before, so they're telling people they cannot get their money back for tickets number one, which I think is ridiculous. I at least let them transfer to get an all video package or whatever. Um, number two, right. many of the the areas, the state places that you stay, like the Airbnbs, they are not letting you get a refund. And I think that's horrible. I think that's horrible. You cannot, they're not, flights are not letting you um, get a refund. Um, stay, um, lodging, not letting you get a refund. And I, I you know, I experienced that Two years ago, we bought tickets to go see a concert, and um, and we were going to go to Chicago. And thank God, I did not book any anything before this. But they canceled. Well, they they put the concert on hold for almost a year. We didn't get our money back for a year. Like so, my money sat out there with them for over a year and I was just like you got to be I was furious and they're like well the you know the the promoter hasn't canceled the concert yet so you we can't do anything I'm like oh come on man really after three months or six months you you know if that's concert's going to happen or not but they would not release our money well yeah you know well and that's the other thing most people do not take out the insurance Now, my husband and I did only because the first year we were together, we bought tickets. He got me tickets for Valentine's to go see um, Wicked, but it was in Wisconsin. And the day we were supposed to go, the day of the show, um, huge, huge ice storm here. And there was just, we, we, we barely got 30 miles down the highway and everybody was off the road. Like it was bad. And so we were like, there's no way we're going. We turned around, we came home. They didn't give us our money back. Nothing like didn't t- Ticketmaster is horrible. They know how to make a dollar off you. And they're like, oh, well, did you buy a v- event insurance? Uh, no, because active God. Oh, can't help you. And I'm really I really have told people from then on any event you do get insurance, just get insurance. And the funny thing is, is even though we got the insurance for this concert, the insurance didn't cover it. They're like, well, actually, we don't cover it because it wasn't wasn't canceled. Yeah, it was postponed. So we didn't we but luckily, you know, they did right. But I think they got so many complaints and so many people flipped out and said they were going to sue them that once the 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 actual promoter said that it was canceled then they started. But they still waited a while to give you your money back. Like they took their sweet time getting it back to us. So. I, I think Ticketmaster is like insurance companies. They know they've got you by the short ones and they kind of do whatever they want. But um, Sundance, I'm, I was very interested this year in when I heard that story because a good friend of mine that usually works at all the festivals, he's like, I still haven't gotten a call. I still haven't gotten a call. And he's worked the festival for like 20 years. And now we know why, because they just, they were waiting. They were waiting to see what was going to happen. And luckily, he's local, so it didn't affect him. He didn't buy any plane tickets or anything. But, um, I mean, the the website is a little weird to move around on. Some years, their websites have been very good, where you can really move around and, and look at the, the guide and see what's going on. Because their guides are usually amazing. It usually comes out in a big... 
um, format where it's like got this huge timetable and you can figure out everything by theater, by movie and everything else. And that's one of the things I always liked too, is how, how good that was. Um, this year, I wasn't quite as impressed with, you know, going online and looking at it. Um, but there are, I noticed this year, they are really pushing a lot of female and other minority films, like really big time this year. And I know that's, I'm sure, because of everything that's been going on. But it makes me sad that we they haven't been doing that, you know, the last 10, 15 years. That should have been They're a little a late to the thing. party. Oh, big time. There big are time. two there are two movies. I went through the list. There are two movies about the Jane Collective, which is uh, it deals with abortion. Yes. I, it's one. funny you should say that, Lynn. I actually marked that one, too. I was like, oh, that would definitely be one I'd go see. Yeah, well, that, that's and- also a, that's also a thing about excuse me. That's also a thing about Sundance. You can't really go in. It's not like one the. It's not like TIFF or New York or Tribeca, or even Cannes or Venice. It's not like those. It's not like there's going to be a big tent pole that you know that you have to go see that one. It's the stuff. It's ninety percent of it's under the radar that you don't know, and this is stuff that's going to hit next in the next six months or so. So right. or or longer. Right, because the big movies from last year, we're talking about now. Coda, Summer of Soul, Mass, Sparks Brothers, and many, many other ones that we've seen this year. Here's one of the things that has changed in the last, I want to say, three years. They are not, you know... It used to be when you'd go, Weinstein would be there and everything he touched turned to gold. Every movie he he saw, you knew if he was going to see that movie, that he's buying it. He is like 90% of the time he was buying whatever he was seeing. Now it's very interesting. And I've, I've heard a lot about this. And that's why I think it's so interesting. A lot of places like Netflix, you know, Paramount Plus, they are going in to buy a film, not because they feel like it's going to make any money. They're buying it because they want to use it for advertising. They're buying it so they can say, hey, we have this movie. You should subscribe. That is the biggest thing they're doing that has been totally different. They're going in and buying a movie and they don't even care if it's going to make them any money. They're going in and say, you know, we'll buy this. Some movie this year, no, last year, highest paid film that they've had uh, independent was $10 million. And they didn't even think it was going to make its money back. They wanted to use it to put as an advertising book or bragging rights that, oh, we have this movie. Just think of whatever, what other movies we have. And so well, um, it's like, yeah. gosh, wow, that has, that's changed. Like, I remember the big buyers coming in and everybody was like, ooh, so-and-so, make sure they have a great seat and, you know, take good care of them and da, da, da. And you're like, okay, like, I don't, I didn't really care. Lynn, you know, I didn't care about that stuff. I didn't care who the right. person was. I didn't care about any of that stuff. I cared just as much about the guy that just paid $20 for a ticket as to some big movie buyer that you know he's he's bringing in 50 million to buy films i don't care who you are all i care about is that you get in my theater properly and in your seat and you enjoy your experience that's all i cared about oh and you treated my volunteers right that was that was my big thing i always cared more about my volunteers than i, I did the public because did, i did knew... harvey and bob treat the volunteers well <sighs> Harvey, uh, Bob didn't come. Um, it was always Harvey. Harvey, 
let's just say this Harvey was very polite to me because I don't allow people not to be polite but I have heard horror stories about him um I went to a screening like I went to a screening he was at it and I actually approached him uh because I as I I uh I I fan worship him as far as what he did, like how he went about, like, you know, he, he had a nose Mirror for Matt. movies. Mirror yes. Matt. He had a nose for movies. Um, he knew, you know, talent. He knew when a movie was going to do good. And I was, I wanted to be that kind of, I've always wanted to be a producer. And that was to me, I was like, Oh my gosh. So I walked up to him and I was like, Mr. Weinstein, I know you're here, you know, seeing a movie. Would it be okay if I get my picture with you? I am actually a huge fan of yours he was so nice. He was like, Oh, of course. And so I have a picture of him at the Eccles theater, the big gymnasium, huge auditorium theater. I have a picture with him. And that for me was pretty much like I had other fan days, but I never approached people. I never like, Oh, I'm here. I'm going to go get their autograph. Cause that is, you know, the stars, they know people are going to talk to them, but for the most part, they, you know, I wrote a shuttle with Quentin Tarantino. He didn't want to be Buster. He didn't want to have somebody drive him around. He was like, hey, are, are, are you going to, you know, I was leaving to go to another movie. He's like, hey, are, do you know how to get to, you know, the, um, the prospector? I'm like, yeah, come on. We're going that way. You can go with us. And he just got on. We didn't talk to him or bother him or, you know, I was like, are you having a good fast? And he's like, oh, totally. You know, totally nice guy. Didn't, you know, no, no. Because he's a movie nut. He's, he's exactly. a movie nut. Well, see, uh, on the shuttle, because we were in Kimball Junction, we would take the shuttle in and you'd have directors sitting next to you. You wouldn't know who they yep. were, but they'd talk about their movie. Yep. Or you'd have people and everybody just was like on the same level. I will say Tim did have um, some screenings where Harvey was there on his cell phone and the ushers are supposed to tell everybody. They were so afraid be- of him. I'm like, oh my God, don't <laughs> be afraid of him. <laughs> But Tim was like, Mom, I'm not telling Harvey Weinstein. Oh, I would have. I would have been like, excuse me, maybe. We but, had the uh, head of Sundance who I'd never met, like the director of Sundance, who I had no idea who he was, came marching up when I was at the library, came marching up, demanding that, you know, wanting to be, you know, seated. And I'm like, do you have credentials? And he's like, I don't need credentials. Don't you know who I am? I said, no, that's the point. I don't know who you are and you don't have your credentials on. So how would I know? And he was very angry with me and we got him in and we got him seated and we took his pic. He had lost like 80 pounds. So you wouldn't have known who he was. So we took a picture of him that we found in a magazine and we put it in our break room and said, if you see this person, just get him to a seat for the love of God. So, you know, we, we've had, there's, there's people, I would say 90% of the people that go to Sundance are going to watch films, have a good time, you know, do whatever then you've got 10 percent that pretty much you know are overprivileged and think they're better than everybody else and that's annoying because Sundance is very unique I mean I know you've got the New York Festival I know you got fest even St. Louis has a wonderful film festival but Sundance is unique it is it brings together people from all over the world for film period well, it's the OG it's the OG it is and the it OG started- it started you know, Robert Redford would walk around and people would not mob him. You cannot tell me another place you can go where stars can walk around and not be mobbed. Like they are left almost 99% of the time. They are left to their own 
nobody you know he'll wave at you if you say hi if you stop and ask for an autograph he will but nobody mobs anybody or that was that's how it was when i was there i don't know if it's changed in the last five years i don't know if it's gotten crazy um i'm i'm interested in so they didn't have it last year they did this virtual thing and then this year i am i know it's like a hundred and like 175 million dollar you know entity that affects everything in park city and around park city you know you you're affecting you know your airlines your hotels the food um i just i hope it can recover you know because it's i'm scared that it's just going to go virtual i'm scared that those days are over the og days are are long gone i don't think it's ever going to be like it was when you were there lynn i don't think it's ever going to get back to that well, it That's was turning status. pretty commercial. It was turning pretty commercial when we were there in 2011. Oh, yeah. oh, but yeah. I will say uh, the beauty of virtual is that you don't have to go to uh, Park City, that we can watch these films in our home. So if you go to the Sundance website, which is sundance.org, you can sign up for certain films that mm-hmm. you want to. But I also want to mention CODA, which won the audience award last year and the grand jury prize for narrative uh, for the U S dramatic series. Uh, Carl and I put that on our top 10, but Apple bought it for 25 mil. That was record Apple plus Apple TV plus bought it. And it has now made so many lists and gotten so much acclaim. But how much money has it made them? Yeah, well, yeah, that's well, the thing. Apple. That's, that's Apple, what I mean. Apple's a one trillion, or I'm sorry, three trillion, two trillion dollar dollar company. They're not worried about. No, they don't money. care. That's what I mean. They don't care about that kind of stuff. It's not like the days where, you know, you'd have a Harvey Weinstein come in and pick up a movie and he, you knew it was going to make money. You know, this is all about just getting your face. You know, it's like getting your face in the newspaper now. Hey, look, and then. You know, it goes on from there. And I, but if it it wasn't for Apple, this movie wouldn't have been out, wouldn't have been out and it would have been possibly buried. Okay. So the dates. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, because it's about children of deaf adults. So, I mean, it would be a harder sell, but the acclaim it rode from Sundance. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, there are some Sundance darlings that by the time you see them in September, they haven't aged well. Uh, and you're like, what is the deal about this? I wanted to look the same. <laughs> I wanted to mention the dates for Sundance are January 20th through 30th, so that's Thursday, right? And then uh, public tickets and passes are on sale now. Some of the movies that are getting the buzz, there's one called Master, and it's a Regina Hall. Yeah, starring I, look, ben, I looked at that uh, one. And it's a, a thriller. And then we have the documentary that W. Kumal Bell has done called We Need to Talk About Cosby. Well, now, and on that note, there's another one that's out that I'm really like, I actually really want to see it. It's the one with Evan Rachel, um, Evan Rachel um, Wood. It's called Phoenix Rising. And it's all about the time she spent with Marilyn Manson and how 
she has come out as an advocate for, you know, women, you know, that have been abused. And I am really looking forward to that. But you know what movie I think is going to be interesting or documentary? It's Sinead O'Connor just did one. And, you know, it's not going to talk about her son. Her son actually just committed suicide like a couple of weeks ago. She's under suicide watch right now. Yes. And I'm just, I'm like, wow, like, did that have her making that movie? Did that have anything to do with her son and where he was mentally? And, you know, like, hey, that's, that's, you know, and then, you know, of course, I guarantee next year there's going to be a Bob Saget documentary. Guarantee. Guarantee that'll be out. Now, Steve, well, I have a question. I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, are there any movies because you're in the you're in the moment when you're in Sundance? Are there any movies with, that you saw at Sundance and you're like, oh, my gosh, I love this film. And then you come back and you revisit it even a year later and go, what was I thinking? Um, I'm going to say no, personally, because everything I picked out, I picked out very carefully. Once you get the film guide, which is like half an inch thick when you get the physical one you just spend like you know you have your bookmarking like you're you're trying like, not one of, to see bad movies exactly i was really good at picking out pretty much the only one i think i saw that i thought was horrendous afterwards was at some horror movie at a ski lodge and i remember the one scene the girl was stuck on a ski lift and i was like F that, I would have jumped. I don't care if I would have broken an ankle. I would have jumped. You're jumping into powder snow. Get off the ski lift, lady. She stayed on the <laughs> ski lift for like 24 hours or something. I'm like, yeah, no, not happening. But no, I think, I can't think of any movie that I saw there that I would say was like, what was what what was in my head when I, when I watched that one? Um, I thought it was very amazing to watch the Elmo documentary. And oh, then the like two movie. years later, that guy, you know, is like pulled and, you know, I was like, wow, really? Couldn't have figured, couldn't have guessed that one. I, I, think I, this, I think the St. Louis film critics gave that it's a best documentary. Well, it was funny being because El- it was a very good, Elmo. It was a great documentary, but it I was about the second I met and- that guy in person at the theater. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and they let the you do filmmakers would have noticed that. You would have thought, right? <laughs> you've, been, you've been following well, around for months. I know. And I immediately was like, um, I don't like you. Oh, he well, gave you know, me the uh, uh, Tim did his internship at Sesame Street not too long after that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> they didn't talk about it. Didn't talk about it. But uh, uh, Tim, the year he went, he saw 23 movies in 10 days. He kept a little diary. He mapped out all what he was going to see that day. Yep. Every night he would go through and he would go like, okay, this is my schedule. Cause you had, cause you had your shift. Yep, as you an had usher. Your shift. yep. So you had to work around it, but uh, when you worked I think- as an usher. I think that was probably one of the best jobs to have because if you had a good leader, haha, like me, you let people switch out. Like if they knew, I would ask them right, right away. I'm like, Hey, are you trying to see something? Is there something that's on your shift that you really want to see? Okay, so you can be inside theater, you're outside theater because you don't really care. So if you had really good team leaders, which pretty much everybody at all the theaters, we we were all pretty good manners because we got it. We started as ushers too, but you, you'd you get to do that. But your shift was usually a six to eight hour shift. So you'd work, you know, two, three movies in a shift. So if you didn't have 
something you wanted to see during your shift. I mean, I'd be surprised. I, I know that a lot of people are like, oh, I really would need to see this movie. That's why, you know, I wanted this shift. And and it was fun because you'd you'd work your shift and then you'd literally rush off to go, you know, to or you'd go see movies in the morning and then rush to your shift. Like you were you were just there was no I, I think I slept maybe three, four hours a night. You know, when, all all 10 days I was there because you were literally rushing to get to some film. When you're ushering, do you get to see the film or are you too busy? No, you get to see the film, but if they need you, you have to get pulled out. Like, yeah, if, they, if something like is needed, if, yeah. yeah. If the line is getting um, out of, you know. Which yeah, is always... You, no, actually, surprisingly enough, you know, they had it. They had what did we have like four to six ushers inside the theater? The only rule was you couldn't sit down. So you right. had to stand up you and were watch that movie. Yeah. Yeah. You were stationed at different places. Like they tell you before the shift, okay, you're on this side, this side, this side. You know, you're blah, in the blah, very blah, back. Blah. Oh, you're in, you know, you in know, the very front then because you had you, to have a flashlight. So if somebody needed to get up and go to the restroom, you would walk them. You'd, you'd kind of put your hand over the light of the flashlight and you'd lead them out of the theater. So it's just kind of a, a really nice thing that you would do. And then a lot of the times, a lot of the stars that would come, they would show up at the beginning, they'd step out and then they'd come back for the Q&A. So yeah, they wouldn't that stay happens and watch a lot. the films. Yeah, that was a yeah. big deal. Well, I remember, I was, why do I remember being secure? Like you were on in the hallway. You had yep. to be like, we had stationed. somebody out. Yep. We'd have somebody out in the hallways, um, you know, just to stand by. We'd have people down with the ticket takers. And then we'd have people that would be, if we had an outside line, you'd be outside, you know, like corralling people. So to be an usher, especially when you're like corralling people, I picked people that had outstanding personalities because that's one thing you had to do. People were get, would get cranky if they're standing in line for an hour or if you had to tell people, okay, after this person, I have no more seats left. That was the hard one because I'd have people get so mad. I'd be like, there's nothing I can do. Like, we don't know if film is going to sell out. We don't know how, because we have so many hard tickets and then we have so many soft tickets that will be available. So if a volunteer showed up um you had to wait somebody was you had to wait yeah you had yep so and but we had so many that we would you know would they let volunteers go in before they let soft tickets yeah before somebody bought a soft ticket we might do that but if it if there was a ticket sold yeah as volunteer you got booted first like you would be like sorry man i i can't i can't bring you in it's a lot of huh yeah it's still well, a business there were sometimes we'd stand there waiting and then all of a sudden the last minute some critics come in or something else and you got booted and you had to you had to leave and then the runtime was very important because it was like okay am i gonna make my shift am i gonna be like oh yeah you this- had to, there's there's a lot of scheduling where you needed to pay attention well we were in the uh yarrow and Oliver Stone must have been staying there because we always saw him walking down the hall. So we were past Oliver Stone like twice a day. <laughs> Just kind of not like, you know, we knew who he was, but we didn't. Oh, yeah. Bothering. We and we always had people that were kind of on our <laughs> 
I don't think you were there for this, Lynn, but we actually had Bill Gates come to a big screening. Um, it was some documentary and I got approached. I was the manager for that shift and I got approached and I was told that he was there. I got to meet him. Super cool. Totally mellow man, like really mellow. And was he, he like Mark Rylance? Oh, he was so just, he had his own security and everything. And I was like, my big thing, and Lynn, I'm pretty sure you remember, I did not allow people to say talents, names on the walkies because right. I didn't want any issues. Right. So I always told people I will have some kind of nickname or I will say something and you'll know that that's what's happening. And it's funny, we had we had to keep our eye on Bill Gates because he's a total different entity. I mean, this is a trillion dollar person with a private security firm. And I'm like, how do we, and he didn't care. He would just walk wherever he wanted to walk. And it was really funny because I remember he wanted to go walk and talk to the documentary guy. And I was like, oh my gosh, what do I call this man? I'm like, does anybody have eyes on the apple? I have completely lost the apple. And all my team, like all of them knew right away. They're like, oh, Microsoft. Okay. But you know, not, not Apple, but Microsoft. So we thought it was hilarious. We had little code words and everybody's like, I've got the apple. Everything's cool. And I'm like, you know, if anybody ever listened to my channel, they would just die. They'd be like, what are they talking about? But we had fun. We had a lot of fun with it. It was, if you can go as a volunteer and you can give up that kind of time, it is one experience I would tell people you've got to do at least once. It is definitely a bucket list because it is, it is the most unique experience I've probably ever had. And the fact that I went back five, I did it for five years, that should show you it. So, but I have friends that have done it 10, 15, 20 years. My I'm wife, I wish I had that kind of time. My wife got me a signed copy of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Cause the <gasps> you said there, that last year. Yeah. That it that was uh, Douglas Adams was there. Oh, that is so incredible. I just, I, you know, the people, the, the stars that are there, you know, it, don't get me wrong. They don't mind people asking for autographs. They don't, but they don't want to get mobbed. They're there to have a good time. They're, They're there to see too. films. They're there to promote films. Um, they do, a, like you said, then it's got, it's, it's commercial as far as there's always what they would have. They'd have like special events for the talent where there's like gifting lounges where they'd have, you know, like, like you'd come in and UGG would have their own thing. And if you were on a list, you know, you walked in and you had pretty much got, you know, got stuff given to you or you paid really little for it. And I remember one year I actually got into one on accident. I was like, Hey, there's nobody at the door and lots of people are walking in. I want to go see what it is. And my friends are like, they're not going to let you in. I'm like, I'm going to just go in. And I walked in, I came out with like bags of stuff. It was for a face care company. And I was just like, wow, this is so cool. And I walked back out and there was a guard on the door. So he must've stepped away to go to the restroom or something, but I laughed so hard. And all my friends are like, oh my Perfect. God, I can't believe you got in one of those. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I wish it had been something other than a face care company. But it was cool. Well, was, we still we still have our water bottles. We have our water oh, yeah. bottles. We have our jackets. We have our knit caps, and we have our scarves. Yeah, and that's they fine, do. You know, they do a lot for the volunteers because I think they do realize you are a. You're spending a lot of money to get there. Um, for the most part, I would say eighty percent of the volunteers are provided with housing if they have it they're going to provide you with it. And it also depends on, I think of how early in the season you volunteered as well, because they do, they, they, what they do is park city is a huge skiing town. So they have ski rental places everywhere. So there are all these privately owned homes and these homes, 
you know, they've been doing the Airbnb since before Airbnb was cool. So what they do is they, they basically rent it all out to Sundance and then Sundance divvies it all up. I can't even imagine the logistical nightmare that that must have to be because you're talking, I don't even know, 900, like I can't even, I don't even know how many volunteers they have a year. I mean, you when you're of, driving, when you're driving around and you see those multi-million dollar the homes, estates, oh my gosh, the homes that are high up. Oh my God. So we're talking some really ritzy. Well, the thing clients. that cracks me up about a lot of those homes is most of them don't have anybody in them. They don't rent those out. They just sit empty till that person decides, oh, you know, like one of my friends worked closely with um, the people that own Seagram's. And they also have money in one of the theater come in one of the you know production companies. They have a home there, and they don't use it at all. They go like maybe once a year. They go out for like two weeks and go skiing, and that's it. It just sits empty, and I'm like, what a waste! Like, mm-hmm. why would no? If I was a multimillionaire, I would not do that. I'd be like, okay, I'm either living in this all the time, or I'm going to be there at least half a year. But to to know that somebody has a house, and I'm talking like a six seven bedroom home and they're only in it two weeks out of the year man that just must suck to be them well if we would have <laughs> won the the mega millions last night i did have the mega millions ball so i have a ticket for two dollars <laughs> cash in yay me but hey it's better than nothing but the thing i liked well there was a lot of things i liked and and i'm still friends with some of the people that work with mary lee and albert and yep and well you <laughs> but um the boys there was one usher that the boys used to visit in california when they would go uh, charlie still keeps up with natalie and uh so anyway the thing i liked is when the first time filmmakers get get accepted they have a film accepted which is like the biggest deal of their lives so far and their family comes in and they're all sitting in the front and then they have the q a but just the feeling that they must have that surreal feeling of i'm watching my movie at sundance and just the feeling that the parents have of being there watching their kids movie premiere one of the things i always felt was interesting about getting a film accepted there i don't know if you knew this but it cannot have premiered anywhere else right well that's why the st louis film festival and carl's wife would know this because a lot of people chris clark says sometimes at st louis they'll say like "We're, we're holding out for sundance yep because if if you've premiered anywhere, even a small film festival, they will not accept your film, which I think is really dumb. But OK, hey, I mean, they, you know, they're whatever. the original that's, gangster. They can do whatever they want. That's right. Now, you know, Steph- Robert, Robert Redford, you know, figured it out early enough and then, you know, handed it off to somebody. Steph, since uh, we were talking about uh, Harvey and Bob earlier, what are your thoughts about the Scream franchise? which was a huge hit for Miramax in 1996. Exactly. So we went and saw it last night. And I will say this, it was fun. It was fun to revisit because they, they majorly revisit um, the, you know, the main characters, which was cool. They had an interesting twist on the story. Um, I figured it out right away for the (laughs) most part in the beginning. So does one of the major characters. Yeah. Uh, so it was funny because my husband and I were like, 
hmm but then we we're like no no maybe not maybe not maybe we're totally wrong you know let's let's see how it plays out and i i came to a conclusion that somebody else had in the movie but then obviously you know i and i don't want to give anything away obviously something happened and i was like no i couldn't be that person there's it, it just it doesn't work out even however they do it but i was really uh skeet old skeet Ulrich oh, is back in it and i was i thought he was cgi i didn't think he was real <laughs> i kept well, like well kind of he kind of is because they well, yeah him. yeah it's the de-aging thing because yeah. he looks like skeet back when skeet looked like johnny depp yeah and i was just like is he real or did they do something and then when the credits rolled i'm like oh it really was him okay it, he was actually so oh all right all right but they're keeping it, it his was, they, they're keeping his appearance so quiet like if you go to the cast list well that's yeah. it's, that gives a, it gives a lot away i i mean and we're trying to be spoiler free on this we're not like our, our friends over at real spoilers. real spoilers but but yeah it, it is a very hard movie to talk about i i have compared this movie to the new ghostbusters there is it this is not necessarily a scream movie it is you barely have any of the original trio in it two of them don't even have a scene together they're on the phone talking to each other this is all about the newbies uh like it um, is, it melissa Ferrara from in the heights and if you don't care, I mean, they had huge stars in each of the screen movies. And Kevin Williamson, uh, well, Wes Craven has passed. He sadly died of brain cancer. But and then Kevin Williamson is an executive producer, meaning you have no idea if he had any involvement in this at all. These no. are and they even talk about this being fanboy. Like this isn't really stab. That's it's it's fanboy stab. <laughs> That's what this movie, Scream Five, and they're even calling it Scream. They're not calling it Scream Five. They're calling it Scream. It so this is basically a fanboy movie. It's a recall. It's not quite a reboot. Not quite a sequel. Oh my god! It's I can't believe re- you use that word. It's well, a recall. I know. Yeah. I thought it was. I so put it in my. <laughs> put it in i put it in my headline for the 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 pop life stl.com i had some uh somebody who went to a midnight screening last uh thursday night went to a midnight screening only like 10 people were there but they thoroughly enjoyed it and so he saw my review on rotten tomatoes and he contacted me he goes hey i just saw your review and i just want to say i watched it and i Totally, you know, he agreed with me about it. I do think, like Carl said, they don't use the legacy characters enough. But I did, like you said, Steph, think it's fun. I think it's uh, a, it's a full of Easter eggs. The two directors, they're of Radio Silence, and they did Ready or Not, which is cheeky. This is funny. This is terrifying in a very bloody way like it's stabby as oh, carl likes yeah, to say it it's was very stabby, stabby. <laughs> it's excessively it, 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 stabby. it's very stabby and but they've all been they've all been stabby right but this is even more but this is this more. one i think they leaned into the guns too much this time yeah but it's supposed to be a slasher film and there's one disgusting scene where a guy gets it in the neck and I'm oh. using guy as gender yeah. neutral, not to give anything away. Oh, it's oh yeah, no. It, I had to look away. I had to look scene. away a couple times because, but I will say 
they use the same voice that they've always used and that opening scene because we're conditioned. I've only seen one, two, three, and five. I have yet to see four, but I found out it's on Showtime. So I'm going to go back <laughs> because that was the one in 2011. And our friends, Max 11. and Michael Hafner said, oh, it's surprisingly good. And so, and Kevin Williamson now, had come now hold back on a to second. do the score. Hold on. I mean, the screenplay. Max and I had Max and I do a whole thing about all five screen movies. And he even talks about the TV series as well. He actually appreciates three more than he did because he watched them all again. He and he watched four right before we went to see five. And he actually there are things that he likes about three, especially the ending, because the ending is actually not Kevin Williamson. It's uh, Aaron, uh, the guy who. Oh, I'm talking. The guy who wrote three wrote the ending of four because they okay. wanted they wanted uh, everything to be different. And you can tell because there are some things that uh, don't work in that thing. But it, I really wish that this was more of a scream movie and not scream adjacent. I have to well, tell you. Uh, so I'm I'm a horror movie junkie. I really like horror movies i've always i don't know why um did not like the babadook by the way just going to put that out there oh i love i have gotten very spoiled by watching and i don't that know is a why. funny joke that is a funny yes. joke but i have gotten really into uh korean horror films their theirs are so they're edgy they're thoughtful like they're what they were trying to say the Babadook was and I'm like no they're they're South Korean horror movies scare the crap out of me they put stuff out there and I'm mm-hmm. like oh my gosh I did not even see that coming why would you even what were you doing and their stuff is just it literally does really have you on the edge of the seat but it's something that you go home and you're like looking behind doors and turning every light on in the house movies like Scream they have lots of jump scares but I'm not scared when I walk out of the movie that somebody's going to stab me in the throat. No. You know what I'm saying? Like I, it's not and based I want, on real life. Exactly. Well, I, want, I, I do like how they played with that jump scare in the house when we're like, wait for it. Wait oh, for dude, it. Oh, dude, I got so mad. Wait I kept turning it. to my husband. I'm like, wait. oh my gosh, not again. What does it happen? Like six wait, times? Wait oh, for, for it. It's funny. It was, I thought that was funny. I After thought the, it was funny. F- after the third one, you're like, okay, I okay, that's enough. N- now, yeah. all right, that's what they're doing. Even but, with the musical intro, I was like, oh, okay, you got me again. You got me mm-hmm. again. All and right. the character's name is Wes. Yeah, as an that homage nice. to I Wes. Like Craven, that. I thought that was which very is nice good. That they did but that. my whole issue with all the screen movies that I've seen, which is four of the five, is I never buy the Who Done It. I never buy the Who Done It. I always enjoy the how done it the the things like that but when they reveal when they do the id the killer it's to me it's always a letdown i'm always like yeah i don't know about that well the 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 young the newbies we already talked about most barrera uh kyle gallner is good in the movie uh mason gooding dylan minette mikey madison i like mikey madison Uh, jenna ortega uh, jack quaid is in the movie that son of Dennis Quaid. There was a couple of times where he would turn his head, and I swear to you, Looks I thought like it was man. Dennis. I was like, oh, 
he was in the boys and he plays such a mimby mouth i was very happy with him in this movie not he kind of played that but then he had scenes where he didn't do that so well he that, also looked like his mom a little bit meg ryan oh i don't i don't ever see that i well, only um, see we have dad. a photo if you, if you go to my website and you see the photo we chose of him the look on his face then you see it yeah yeah uh, I, I just kept seeing his dad that picture oh they do like yeah. a side profile i'm like oh and then i was like oh no it's not him <laughs> well also um what i was referring to uh Aaron Kruger, who wrote three and part of four. Yes, and Lynn was talking about Roger Jackson, who has done the voice of Ghostface many, many times. And there here, Steph, I want to ask you about this. OK, there were there were two scenes in the movie that w- took me out of the actual horror film. One was the scene in the hospital, which is magically deserted. Which, yeah, that's so crazy. I did not I don't like know, that. I don't know if they do that to make us mad or as a commentary or what, because it's ridiculous. They still do very ridiculous things in this movie. Yeah. And then the other one was at the party where um, there are people everywhere until there needs to not be people anywhere. And he kicks them all out the door and everybody just no, this is, But that leaves. happens before that. So, yeah, and then once they kick people out the door, they should see a body outside, but they Yeah, don't. how come they didn't see him laying out on the ground? Right. You know? That was and- my other part when somebody else got killed outside of their house. I was like, okay, that person called the police. Mm-hmm. They would have been en route. Like, it's not a big, big town. It's not like, you know... A couple of those. So that person didn't hear that person, nor did nobody in the neighborhood because it's like Woodsboro. nobody came outside. Like, and really? they know that there's a and they know that there's a killer on. And that and that cop car was running full lights. Like, really? Come on now. Yeah, there were. Well, like I said, there's, there's a couple ridiculous, of, hmm, implausible yeah. things. I will say this is more meta than Matrix Revolutions. I mean, uh, Resurrections. This is way more, but I do. Well, think, I, I do like, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say you need a killer front first scene. I thought they played with that really well. Mm-hmm. The elevated horror. And then they did a good uh, job with it. It, you know, scream was unique when it first came out and they and they got that back and it was kind of like the inner dialogue like oh hey you know it's not it's not a sequel it's a recall and i'm like i'm like okay i can i can go with that so they introduced a little bit of the old and they introduced a little bit of the new and they had a they had a decent plot line that they followed i i was pretty okay with it everything kind of lined up as far as you know motives and and how this fit into this part and how this person did this that all pretty much lined up for the most part for me um i have to go back in my brain and rethink some scenes because i want to see if if it made sense to me after I've seen the movie, um, the movement. So, you know, how the, how the killers moved all that's right. just a me thing. I have to go back and go, okay, was th- would that actually work? Was this but, person at this place when this, exactly, when the other part, because exactly. in, in every screen movie, there are two killers. I mean, exactly. a killer, a main killer and the accomplice because that's, they've never deviated, but they did deviate from something that I don't want to say something in the opening scene that they have never done before in any of these other four films. And that is, well, I'm not going to say because I I totally understand what you're saying, Carl. Did you want to say something before I 
interrupted you before about the uh, medicine. Well, no, I, I was just saying I when two of the original characters look at each other, they've done this so many times and they look at each other and go, this is a trap. Yes, because you you are with them because, you know, you you feel just like they, they've done this so many times. Can we can say some, oh. one thing? I want to say one thing. First of all, I never thought Courtney Cox could really act that well anyway. Oh, she, her face. But she looked awful. horrible. Yeah. Well, that she plastic surgery that she oh had, just, that plastic surgery she had a couple years ago totally transformed her face like Meg Ryan. And I can't look at them without calling attention to the plastic surgery. Well, every time I looked at her face and her injected lips, I was just like, oh, you don't look good. Yeah, but, but it makes, it makes thought, sense for her character who is on morning network TV to look like that. I guess. But Nev Campbell looked amazing. Like she, she, did. She, should, she should do more work. Well, she the, should. the weird thing was she's pushing a baby stroller. We never see the baby. She talks about the husband. We never see the husband. And there there is a there is an Easter egg that no one saw that I heard about on, I read on Screen Rant that Hayden Panettiere's character, Kirby, is still alive after Scream 4. And so she is not mentioned, well, she is. She's, there's, when the boyfriend is looking, he, who says he's never seen any of the Stab movies, is looking on YouTube, there is a little screenshot thumbnail that says, hear from Kirby, survivor of the Westboro massacre oh so, i'm gonna have to go back and look for that that's funny. so it's it's so so barely there but it's canon so kirby could come back because they're they're it's doing well this weekend but once i think people hear from people like us and this movie is one that would make money on rewatches i don't think people are once word of mouth hits i don't think it's gonna do well well, there's a select audience for it. And then yes. it does it does pay homage to all the other films. The stab, the the faux movie experience that they started with the sequels. And uh, they have a lot of, uh, it's so self-aware. It's so self-referential. I enjoyed that the writers and the directors clearly are fans and they connected the old and the new. Like the kids are related to the original people in different ways. It's a small town. Yeah. The thing I got like, and I and I wonder if either of you felt like this. The thing that I almost got hung up on is I thought the main character was gonna wake up and it was a dream sequence. Because she was <laughs> taking all she was taking all those meds. And I thought, is this gonna turn out yeah, that none of this really psychotic pills? I was just like, is it, is it an in joke that she moved to Modesto and was working at a bowling alley? Because that's not really big lights, you know, bright lights, big city. Well, she was and trying to get away from that. Well, she was trying to get away from Woodsboro, which is no, a small Woodsboro town. wasn't a bright lights, big city. Like, you think <laughs> but, she would but, have moved somewhere that was totally opposite. And yeah, where she, she could be anonymous. Like Iowa. Or Mod Dakota. Modesto. But Modesto, California, really? That's I guess that's she that stayed a, in state. Yeah, she did. Well, and she I, got, I still who's the sister's back. dad then? Who was the who was the sister's dad? The 
the well we're the, not talking we gotta okay. we're not gonna right. talk about dad we don't know who they, that's a whole bunch of things they mentioned okay. all these characters we don't know who they are oh, well little, the mom doesn't come back the mom's stuck in england so yeah, and, and like if mom, you knew not, your kid, no parents are around yeah, no don't parents know who are these around. people are they could well, be people related and if you know that your kid got stabbed wouldn't you be on the next flight home regardless of what you were doing uh, it depends on who the parents are I guess because we don't if know who my they are. kid. I would have been on the next flight home. Yeah, yes, you know I mean? know. I know what you're saying, but for <laughs> you know? for but for the whole movie, purposes, the whole movie goes like, what does it take? Like three, four days, and no parent ever shows up. It's like okay. Well, cool. for Scream Six, they will show up. Oh, okay. If you there think? is a Scream Six. Now, <laughs> speaking of old and new, I do not. I love the movie, but I do not like the way Belle is being portrayed. It is not a version of Beauty and the Beast. There are elements of Beauty and the Beast, but this is not a new retelling of Beauty and the Beast. You're right. It's it's a cyber fairy tale, but it has a bell and it has a beast, but it's not the French fairy tale from 500 years ago. And I think I think that people are just using that as a shortcut. But it what a gorgeous because I, film. It is nothing about that. It is, it is more like uh, Ready Player One. Yeah, well, for Belle, you have to go to the theater. Year. It is not streaming, as is Scream. Scream is not streaming. I found one theater in St. Louis that has Belle, and that is Ronnie's 20. They have uh, showings for dubbed, and they have showings for subtitles. So whatever you we, prefer. My, my family will not, my daughter will not allow us to watch dubbed. We all can only watch subbed. Well, when I get screening links, they just assume you want subtitles so that's what you get but uh this himuru posada that opening scene is breathtaking what he can do with animation is stunning this this was uh, uh i think my internet connection cut out but this was the number three movie in japan last year so <laughs> And we were arguing amongst our critics group whether this counts as 21 or 22, because it was, speaking of film festivals, it was in a lot of film festivals last year. It was at Cannes, and it was in the New York Film Festival, and it was in a whole bunch of things. I think it's nominated for some Annie's. It is. It's got like eight like eight nominations, and, and director and film. And I know, and this would not have usurped Mitchell's versus the machines for my number one film and and number one right no but it's beautiful it would have been a, a I wish, I wish they wouldn't spot. have well they I wish they would have told us uh, about this movie before you know the 15th of January well they actually were trying to get critics uh, groups to watch it um, from because I'm in CCA they sent a mid Jan, a mid November email, but I was up to here with watching stuff for the awards, and then I saw that it wasn't going to be released till January fourteenth. So I didn't take them up on it till they sent me the one a couple of weeks ago. So it's, it's beautiful. It is a beautiful story. Just we need to stop calling it Beauty and the Beast. Right, but uh, uh, Steph, I think you'd really like it because it's Japanese anime, and it is about a shy student in high in high school who 
they have this alternate world cyber world called you it's a social media platform and she creates this identity of bell a pop singer and she becomes the toast of social media well she doesn't you need to you need to get a little you have to take one more step back her mother died saving a child from a flash flood and so it's just her and her father and she hasn't sung since her mother has died and so this so she can sing online and she can sing virtually but she cannot sing in front of people Hmm. i have not seen it so i will have to put it in my plethora if i could get (laughs) so i don't i i am i don't leave the house much i i work from home number one for my job luckily cool but with all the stuff that's been going on we really don't go anywhere and i'm so and i'm addicted to netflix anyway so i'm either on netflix or hulu you know Well, then watch afterlife this weekend because the third and final season of the ricky gervais show is out oh i just saw the trailer for that i'm like oh is it gonna pull up my heartstrings though i don't want to be sad well this is the third (laughs) and final season and each each season has been six episodes so if you have three hours which i'm going to probably do definitely on the holiday i'm gonna i I like i like him i like him a lot i like his sense of humor i um what did we just was extras was a hoot the one where he had daniel radcliffe yes be like this out of control teenager that, was hilarious that whole, yeah that whole series was perfect i thought it was because it was you know based lightly on real life and it was funny making fun of each other um oh and I'm helen really, mirren helen mirren made fun of herself and and uh i love well, i've Steven told you Martin. my helen mirren story haven't i so when no. i did when i was in st louis i worked for the shakespeare company the the theater company and one of our lead um uh people um we're just going to call him a lead person because I don't want to give it away. Well, he looked just like Henry VIII. Just he used to work for the Royal Shakespeare Company, and he knew Helen Mirren back in the day. And he said she was a bit randy. <laughs> she <laughs> lived. It, she lived with uh, Liam Neeson. She, right the she was and a bit she's randy. The, he's uh, she's the response. Uh, she's the reason he has a equity card or a sag card and got his first movie the excalibur i i heard a lot of stories about about dame helen mirren and she wasn't this this perfect thing she likes to portray right now let's say i don't think i think she still like likes to show off the randy side i think when she did red i i i liked her a lot more i was like okay now i'm okay with you but when she was trying to be like oh i only do queen elizabeth and i'm so perfect when i do my acting then i'm like lady i've heard some stories about you Mm -hmm. and then she did red and i'm like okay now i see that you actually do have a sense of humor and you're funny so then i wasn't so bad with her but no i've been i've been like really into um we watched the second season of the witcher um a wheel in time surprised me um i thought i wasn't gonna like it and i actually really did like it uh there's been a lot of i've kind of been watching a lot of period stuff and a lot of fantasy stuff and i think it's because of you know what we're living through now i i've gotten back into my documentaries i love true crime documentaries and there's a great one they just did about the new york um the new york serial killer the new york not subway 
anyway, it was it a lot of killings that happened in the eighties, and um, it 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 talked about how dirty and nasty um, New York City was back in the eighties, seventies, and eighties. Oh, it was terrible! It was terrible. I can't believe seeing some of that stuff. Well, I do think now, as you said, uh, we don't. It's uh, we're in year three of the pandemic. We have a raging Omicron variant that's highly transmissible. It is wintertime. So people are going to be inside the house more and watching streaming, yep. which is the thing to do. Uh, the movie, There's another new release this week called Hotel Transylvania Transformania that simultaneously went to uh, Amazon Prime and in theaters, or maybe it's just Amazon Prime. They just decided to release it there. This is the fourth movie in this uh, in this universe that B- Robert Smigel is one of the writers. And it started with this cast of a lot of ex-SNL people, like uh, Adam Sandler was the voice of Dracula. David Spade is a character. Uh, Kevin James is a character, not of SNL, but, you know, King of Queens and Molly Shannon, Selena Gomez plays Dracula's daughter. Andy Samberg is her regular boyfriend who stumbles onto this resort. Uh, I watched number four and they are now out of ideas and it's no longer Adam Sandler's voice. It's different directors. Uh, it is the, the the original director was very connected to the animation world. A lot of um, different, and it just escapes me right now. But you would recognize his style. And so it is about Dracula being the single dad running the resort. Andy Samberg is his son-in-law, and he has issues with the guy. The guy's like a slacker, very cheerful. So Jim Gaffigan is the voice of Van Helsing and Van Helsing is the mad scientist that lives in the basement. And he has this transformation ray that turns monsters into humans and humans into monsters. So Dracula becomes like a, like a dad person. Yeah. With a dad bod. And oh receiving gosh. headline, and uh, he can be out in the sun, and oh, wow. it's very bizarre. But then Andy Samberg becomes a monster. Well, we may have lost Carl. We did. Yeah, I don't see Carl. But I, I don't. I said this the other night on KTRS. I don't want to ruin family fun, right? Because if kids and their parents have invested in this franchise. Far be it for me to rain on their parade. Right. But this is a very loud, obnoxious oh, animated man. movie. And I don't like when they are so loud and obnoxious no. and just. Well, it, I think it's more and more they're trying to figure out how to keep kids' attention. I think that's where it comes from. I think it's like they're, they're you, you know how hard it is to keep a kid sitting still, especially for a two hour film. So I think they do that because they're trying to get their attention and keep their attention. And it's, it's, it's kind of sad. I mean, you know, Bambi didn't have, you know, loud and it kept my attention, but, you know, I think, you know, as 
as times go on, you know, especially with, you know, how the internet is, I think the louder and more obnoxious and bright it is, is it's even for us, it keeps, you know, it keeps us paying attention and it's kind of sad. So I kind of try to stay away from a lot of that stuff. I, I do, I don't know why, but I love documentaries and I could watch documentaries all day. I also watch a lot of mostly South Korean stuff. I don't force my husband to watch a lot of it because, you know, he has the subtitle. Um, but they, they, you know, I just, I watch a lot of Asian TV. I watch a lot of Chinese historical um, stuff. I watch a lot of um, a lot of South Korean stuff. I watch a lot of Japanese stuff. I have a channel that's just Asian all across the board. So I like it because I feel like it keeps me awake because I have to pay attention because, you know, not only do I need to watch their faces, but, you know, luckily I read so fast. Subtitles are easy for me, but, you know, other people, they might not like that. But I, you know, when I watched Squid Game before it, like before it got, it went crazy, I had already, I have a list of stuff that I know is coming up and I'm like, Ooh, I want to watch that. And I was so excited when it started and my husband and I just, just jumped on it. And we had probably watched the first couple of episodes. And then all of a sudden everybody jumped on and I'm like, Oh, now you guys want to jump on the bandwagon. (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't, I still haven't dove in yet, but I did see it. Oh, you have to watch it. Oh my gosh. I know. But I did see 170 movies. I do want to draw people's attention to things that are, streaming right now well hold on um, hold on since i was i was out for your yes. entire hotel transylvania um yes and I, I only saw the first one because my family went and saw the second one and they didn't like it and so i didn't get in and i but i heard the third one is great and the only thing i have a fear of for this one is that jendy tartakovsky's not involved in this right movie. no he's not it's and different directors, but a SpongeBob SquarePants person is the director. I am going to break in and tell you guys, I really wish I could stay on longer, but I do have to go. And I really appreciate you guys always asking me on to guest. And I'm here whenever you guys need me again. Well, thank stay you. Warm, and uh, stay safe. yeah. And we won't just ask you for Sundance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anytime. I, I'm more than willing to come on anytime. And you guys, I, I'm I'm up to date in the in the world. So I can definitely talk about all kinds of, you know, Hollywood well, stuff. Steph, if, if anyone stuff. wants to find you, where can they find you online? Um, honestly, I only post stuff on the great big entertainment show on Facebook. Cause I don't really post a lot of stuff, which I no, need to really get back into doing. Um, now that I'm working from home again, I will be being able to do that more. So, and if you know, they ever want me, they can come find me on your show. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We'll, we'll get you in touch. Well, thanks so much, Steph. Thank and you keep guys. Warm. Hey, one more and, thing. And, I'm one more yeah. thing I'm going to say. Yeah. I watched three episodes of Peacemaker last night on Ooh. HBO Max. It is filthy. It is funny. It is uh, violent. And so I, I had that on my list and I haven't. So thank you. Because I know coming from you, I'm going to want to watch it. You and I seem to be on the same. I and I train enjoyed it. I, it. He's better than he was in the Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. wow. Good. Good. Oh, well, I do enjoy John Cena. I'm he's not, sure not he's the... not afraid to drop trow, as we've known Ugh. in like train wreck. Him. And yeah, he's you'll you'll enjoy it. I'm recommending it to people. Excellent. Okay, well, um, well you guys if you have want, if you want, yeah. if you're not watching football, Betty White Marathon on TV land today. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. And then all Golden Girls all day. And then uh, there's going to be a Betty White special yep. on January 31st tonight. Uh, Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live returns with Ariana Bo- Debose as the guest. She's Anita <laughs> in the new West Side Story. She was in the prom, and she was the bullet on Broadway in Hamilton. So uh, we've got that going. Um, yes, that's right. I forgot. Why would I forget that? And then. Um, Attica, the documentary is showing, uh, Showtime has decided that they are going to show it for free through the end of, because of Martin Luther King day coming up um, Monday and then through the end of black history month. So the end of February and it it's available for free on YouTube, or you can go to show.com or the multiple platforms of Showtime. So it's a very good documentary. I've seen it. It is about the Attica uprising in the early 70s. Um, It is about prison life. It is about what's all happened in the world. It's it's, not much has changed. So that's interesting documentary. If you just want to escape, Carl, one of our favorite movies is now on Netflix, Begin Again. So I have alerted people to that if they haven't seen it, because you and I know it's John Carney's middle film about the transformative power of music. And it's got a wonderful cast, Kira Knightley, Mark Ruffalo, Adam Levine. It is so sweet. Surprisingly. And it's just um, uh, Catherine Keener. Uh, No, Catherine Keener, yes. And Haley Stanfield. And James Corden, and I can go on and on and on, but definitely, definitely um, check that out if you haven't seen it. And I was reminded uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, people were looking for happy movies and they were asking for double features, you know, to recommend the, I think this is the perfect double feature for these times, Babe and Babe Pig in the City which is actually better than the original baby. I, I, I like both, but they are two different kinds of films. You, they're, they're not because you, you see baby like, Oh, they're going to be more of this. And it is just a weird babe pig in the city is just a weirder film. than they really lean into the city part of babe in the city, but it's so delightful. Oh yeah. They're, they're, they're great films. So do you have uh, do you have anything if uh, we get to unfreeze you? Do you have anything that you would like to recommend? Hmm. You're fr- Carl's frozen. Before we sign off, I wanted to uh, pay our respects to Bob Saget. My kids and I watched Full House. Every Friday night on ABC, TGIF, as uh, much a part of their childhood, um, he was beloved by everybody as TV's dad, and uh, he had quite a stand-up comic career, and that's what he was doing. He was on fire with that, and Carl actually met Bob Saget. I did. I met him at a comedy show in 2016. And Mike Young was the opener and our buddy Tom O'Keefe was there with us. And in fact, I 
I had to be the unfortunate one to tell Tom about Bob's passing because I sent him the picture and I said, Hey, do you mind if I post this? He's like, absolutely. Why? I'm like, Oh, you don't know. And so I was the one that told him and he of course said, yes. And I, I look the worst in the picture. Bob's the one holding up the camera for the selfie. Uh, there are many of us in the picture and I'm in Bob's arms shadow. So I, I, I actually do like that aspect of the picture. I like that, but it's just a very sad when we found out last Sunday, because this was on the heels of several of multiple celebrity deaths. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, but the fact that he was 65 and it seemed like he was having the time of his life back on the road, there doesn't seem to be any signs of a substance issue. Nope. And uh, it could be just one of those we know because we're we're a certain age and people pass that it's just he died in his sleep. Right. It's just like a genetic thing or, you know, something happens. And there you go. Well, then where can we find you on the socials? I was just going to ask you that. I am on all the platforms, all the socials. And uh, I and I am on KTRS radio every Thursday night with Ray Hartman. After the 10 p.m. news, Miller Furniture presents Lynn Van House Goes to the Movies. I'm on my own website, poplifestl.com, which hosts our podcast here. And I can be found on the Webster Kirkwood Times website under Real World. And we come out every Friday in print publication. Nice. That's yes. the print is good. You can, Where can find we find me, you. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Carl the intern. You can hear me on the Maxim Movies podcast. You can hear me Monday through Friday on the Mark Cox Morning Show. And you can hear me on the weekends on KMOX on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Pew Pew. Well, also, you are with Max on movies as you go through all the screen movies. Plus, you have the worst and the best. So you can look for that podcast ktrs.com slash max on movies or anywhere you find podcasts like itunes or stitcher or spotify all of those places tune in well, well carl have a good weekend i've Hunt got hockey you've got hockey safe. tonight hockey rehearsal tomorrow and then hockey on mlk day so remember well, dr you, king yes and yes remember dr king and uh um yeah well it's it, we I, I want to explain this. You might not necessarily hear a lot of Dr. King's speeches this weekend on radio or television. And that is because I got the memo yesterday. Uh, the King family owns those and wants to be uh, compensated for those. So unless you're using them in a news version, you can't use them in for content. So you want m- might not necessarily hear a lot of Dr. King, but that doesn't mean you still can't remember him in your own way. Right. John Lewis said, get in good trouble. Have a good weekend, Lynn. You too. Bye-bye. Everybody stay safe, keep warm, take care.